Welcome everyone to Business Growth on Purpose. My name is Jose Palomino. I'm CEO of Value Prop Interactive. And it is my great pleasure every week to be interviewing experts from around the world, owners of other B2B businesses, and sometimes just sharing some of my personal insights from decades of helping businesses grow on purpose. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody, this is Jose Palomino, CEO of Value Prop and your host on Business Growth on Purpose. And today's guest is Lisa Scott. And Lisa runs a firm that helps people with contract management, especially in very significant high pressure deal situations like company being acquired or a company acquiring somebody else and mergers, those kinds of things we're gonna cover in, in detail. And the reason it's relevant is because it actually matters to anybody who thinks they might actually exit their business at some point now or in the future, these things matter. And they're the kinds of things that can get in the way of a successful deal closure. So listen closely as Lisa Scott joins us right now. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to Business Growth on Purpose. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Lisa, for our audience, if you just give us a little context on what you do mostly or, you know, and who you do it primarily for. Yeah. So I'm the CEO of a company called Intuitive Edge. We're an alternative legal services company focusing on managing contracts for businesses. And that means we're managing their third-party contracts either on the buy side or the sell side for companies. Um, We do work a lot um, around compliance with compliance projects and also with merger and acquisition, transition, separation, and spinoff type projects. Those are typically larger projects, um, but that's our expertise is is working with our, um, our customers on contract projects that need to be managed through. Okay. And uh, so typically like in an acquisition, I'm assuming like there's the assignment of contracts and things mm-hmm. like that become part of it. So yes. Yeah. So one thing I think would be particularly interesting to our audience would tend to be more, you know, owner-led businesses in B2B. Uh, in that category of business, most owners are looking at maybe not immediately, but somewhere in the horizon, they're saying, hey, I want to get taken out, right? Because you're going to leave your business one way or the other, right? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. horizontal or vertical, you'd rather walk away. Uh-huh. And so the the reality is having helped and, and been part mm-hmm. of uh, a couple of these transitions over the years is it's a, it can be amazingly complex. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you could just shed a little light on if somebody's thinking about, hey, I might be looking for an exit two, three years out. Mm-hmm. I'm a $25 million small OEM. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the things they should be thinking about or prepping or, or like, like having yeah. better practices in place? So it, it isn't a nightmare when it comes time yeah. for a transition. Yeah, so of course, the bigger the the bigger the company, the more complex it would be. The more IT the company has in, integrated into its products, the more complex it might be. Um, but as far as a, a general overall um, observation that we've made with many companies, big or small, mature or not, sophisticated or not, is the lack of precise organization of the contracts and the ability to find documents. And also the ability to find documents that are complete. So you might have the documents, but they're not complete. They weren't signed. 
Um, so there's a lot of time spent and it's very wasted time um, with tracking down documents. And when you're in the process of, you know, looking at potential buyers, for example, I mean, they're going to ask for certain things. They're going to ask for, you know, they may ask for your contract with this company and you may have had it for many years and there may be amendments. So all of those things um, need to be sort of, you know, findable, first of all. Okay. So, I mean, one of the things that I do in my company, my company is really small, but we have a really good contract management system in place, um, even though we're small, because I want to be able to find things when I need them. So, um, so that's one thing. That's right. one thing. And then the second, I mean, the next tier would be, okay, you find the document. So do you know, you know, how much generally, how much risk do you have in those contracts or how much calculated risk are you taking in those contracts? How, how much, you know, what are your limitations of liability like in those contracts, for example, or do you have that? Or is there a standard or, you know, um, so that's another thing that is good to sort of have your arms around a little bit before going to potential buyers because that, that can make your company more valuable. First of all, you have contracts in place. They're signed. You can find them. Everything's buttoned up. And you also have a good understanding of your contractual risk portfolio, I would call it. Um, and, you know, those are probably two things that I would recommend that company, you know, sort of get the, get a handle on. The soon, if, if you do it before you even think about selling, then you're going to be in a better position because you're not going to have to deal with it later. Are there risks for a smaller company that does a lot of business with big corporates mm -hmm. that the contracts themselves are not necessarily transferable, that they're not automatically transferable? So mm -hmm. here I am thinking I'm going to be selling this big book of business. Mm -hmm. But in fact, those contracts can actually go away in a change of control. Is that are, are there mm -hmm. things like that that people should be looking at? Um, yeah, that's definitely one of the first things, you know, during an M&A situation, um, when we do reviews, we would look at whether or not the contract allows for assignment, automatic assignment, notice, whatever the provision may say. It, it It is easier when you get to that point if your contracts have a standard clause around that. So then we know what all the contracts say, or most of them say this, so you can disposition them this way and you know that that's going to happen. Um, normally that's probably not the case because a lot of third parties that you work with use their own forms mm -hmm. or they're big companies and they have a lot of leverage. They're not going to agree to things that you want to do necessarily. Um, so you're going to have to deal with those. And there's, you know, there's typically like a top, top list of vendors on the procurement side that are like that. Like everyone, you know, many people have a contract with Amazon or with, Microsoft and those ones are going to have really specific requirements. Um, so, but to answer your question, which was, um, you know, it's, it's as much as you can have a handle on that, the, the better it's, it's, it's not going to be hundred percent. It's just not. Okay. And in terms of time and time invested, right? So <clears throat> you're an owner or leadership team of this mid market company, <clears throat> How much, I mean, obviously they have legal counsel, but that's very expensive, right? So like, mm -hmm. I always look at what are things you can learn to do for yourself? Not that you mm -hmm. won't hire an attorney, mm -hmm. but that you minimize the need for the meter running constantly on everything. Like what yeah. are some ways to get smarter about some of these right. things? Yeah, I mean, a really simple thing to do is have someone that it has administrative ability 
to just make a list of all the contracts, the, the effective dates, the expiration dates, and you know if they can go a little bit further in like payment terms. Um, just having the list like that is actually great, and a storage location, and then a place where the in the storage location the files are named so that they're easily identifiable, and also the files include um, the amendments, you know, all of the complete contract. So if there's somebody in a company that can just do that, it's worth the time and effort. And it's going to be a lot less expensive to do it, you know, with sort of a, a someone that already exists in the staff that maybe is given a project to get all that handle on that. And when you look at that list as a business owner or whatever function you're in, it's going to actually help you make some decisions around um, contracts. I mean, you might see two different, two contracts with the same company, for example. So why do you have two different contracts? So mm -hmm. maybe you should consolidate it because you can usually get a little bit of a better deal if you do that, for example. So there's a lot of um, sort of, uh, I guess, aha moments that you might get okay. by just seeing the list if it's put together. And surprisingly, a lot of companies don't have a list like that. I mean, the smaller you are, the easier it is to put the list together. It's gonna, it's not going to cost a whole lot. I mean, I have, I have people, you know, just sort of tracking everything based on the criteria you want to track. And once you get it in the system and everything's going, it's, it's not. As you grow, of course, it becomes. It could become a full time job. It could become a department. It just depends how big the organization is. Right, right. And but what's interesting in what you pointed out is that doing so is not just for that eventual day sometime in the future where you're going to exit, it also could uncover opportunities for efficiencies mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. maybe, you know, find money, you know, you never know that can come. Well, yeah. And it, it, that in turn makes your company more valuable. Right. Right. So businesses find a lot of opportunities sometimes in just doing the process of uncovering mm -hmm. what's in these agreements, because often they probably have many more agreements than they think they do with every cloud-based software offering and, you know, not only their, their, uh, their uh, customer contracts, it's probably a lot more going on than they may even think, mm -hmm. even in a small organization. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned, you know, part of your practice, as I understand it, Lisa, you get involved with compliance as well, which mm -hmm. is a whole other area. Mm -hmm. Can you just expand a little bit on what that challenge looks like and even a little bit right. about what your firm does in that area? Yeah. So a lot of times that is focused on procurement because the procurement organizations have a volume, a high volume of contracts that need some action done to them in a, in a, before a certain deadline. So compliance is all about like, you know, we have to, we have to make sure that all of the vendors are complying with this. This language needs to be in the contract. We need to update all the contracts to reflect it. And it has to be done by this date or the company might get fined or, um, they're not or get deemed not in compliant with that certain provision. A lot of those provisions are around data privacy is a big area. We actually do have data privacy expert, you know, subject matter expert on our team as well because we deal with that so much. And um, so that would be, you know, something that our team could go in and do. And we often do it um, for many different organizations. Um, and we'll set up a process and what needs to be, you know, what's in and out of compliance, which contracts are compliant or not, or if we need to do it, or we'll, we'll just sort of figure out what is the best way to move forward with that particular compliant issue. It may be just sending out a notice to everybody. It just depends on what it is. 
Right. And in some cases, again, you may be a small company, but if you're dealing with a larger company mm-hmm. that has compliance requirements, that kind of rolls down toward you yeah. if you're a yeah. if you're a subsupplier or something. Yeah, exactly. Right. So just just thinking in terms of um, you know, big picture, I always mm-hmm. like to look at the strategic implications of this. If you if you had to tell somebody in a leadership team why this is important, other than mm-hmm. The annoyance factor of getting it, of having a messy transaction or something. What mm-hmm. would you say are like the big reasons somebody should prioritize this type of activity at even at the executive level? Like, why should I care about this m- much? Isn't mm-hmm. it just administrative? Right. I mean, it's not just administrative. I mean, executives like to focus on the financials, right? And they they look at the financials and say, "This is my business. My business is healthy or not." If they were to look at their contracts and look at some of the key terms, they're going to look at it, their business in a different way. And they're going to look at it as, oh, look, I have all of these relationships with all of these, these, you know, customers. And I have all these relationships with these vendors and it is documented in all of these contracts. And it is, it is actually um, a reflection of your business because most businesses, obviously they can't, they're not a business without their customer. They're not a, they have to have the third party supplying them certain things to fulfill their customer obligations and to operate internally. So that is actually a, a great view of the business as a whole. And it also, um, the, the closer that you, the closer eye that you have on those contracts, and I'm talking about the documents and the relationships, the more opportunities you're going to have to save money. I mean, saving money is a big deal when it comes to contract management. So the closer the contract management, the big, the higher the value that you can create out of your organization, you know, through, through the contracts management. So I would say that that's from a strategic perspective, just seeing the business in that way can help make decisions. You can you can start to implement certain things that are going to reduce risk. You're going to start to implement things that can save money. Um, you can even implement things that are maybe you can you can make more money too. I mean, on the customer side. So um, because you might have clauses in the customer contracts that you know over time is not is not really um, beneficial to you. And as your business grows and you get more, um, your reputation grows you can actually ask for more things that's going to protect you more. And as you grow, you want to protect yourselves more because you're bigger and there's more at stake. Well, well, even like I could see sometimes you can have a complex contract with a customer that entitles you to certain things. But if the people managing that account day to day aren't really tuned into that, they don't, they don't ask. And it's a little hard a year after the fact to say, mm-hmm. Hey, there was this, there was this step up clause we had that you owe us, you know, yeah. Now you're risking the customer relationship. So you exactly eat, yeah. eat $25,000 because you just. And that happens on the vendor side too, because you could have volume discounts and you you've been over the volume for, you know, years and you never asked for your volume discount. <laughs> well, I'm sure you've seen, you've seen your fair share of that. So yeah. Lisa, I want to shift gears a little bit here because this is your entrepreneurial venture as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, if, you know, just like to hear from you as an owner uh, of mm-hmm. a business. Um, you know, kind of how how the journey has been for you, you know, having mm-hmm. started your business, getting it off the ground and growing it. Yeah. Um, and what do you see ahead? Right. So um, I started the company in 2015. Um, I've been in the contracts management world for a very long time. And I've been in 
in it during M&A activities in the corporate world. So I work, you know, my way up the corporate ladder and I was working in all different functions. I worked in procurement, sales, partnership groups, you know, all kinds of things, all kinds of experience that I got. So when I got out, when I, you know, when I got out of that um, world and started my own company, um, I, you know, I did spend the first two, good two years, really trying to figure out what it is that I could add value to the market. What is it? What is the gap? What is the, and, you know, based on all my experience, plus all the conversations I was having with corporations, basically, um, I kind of honed in on this merger and acquisition transition spinoff area, because that's where a lot of people were suffering from not having enough legal support, not having enough time. People are burned out because they're, they, they, um, the M&A deal is great and fun. And wow, we did this deal, $2 billion deal. You know, someone's buying this business unit for $2 billion. Yay. And they sign, they're going to sign it. And then, but there's all this stuff that they need to do to make it happen. Right. So um, one of the pieces of it, which is the gap that we're filling is the piece to provide continuity in the contracts, because say you have, say you have a big, huge company that's spinning off a business unit and they have suppliers, say they have suppliers that are share are going to be shared between both. So what do you do with that contract? Right. And how are you going to, how's the new entity going to continue to purchase under that contract that they need to fulfill whatever they're selling to the customers. So to, to have that continuity. So a lot of that thought isn't really, um, happen until it's almost too late. It's, I mean, it's maybe not too late, but it's too late to the point where everyone's paying too much money. There's too many people trying to figure it out. It's stressful, you know, so we bring in a team that already knows how to do all of it. We've done it many times. We have a process, we have tools, we have project management, we have dashboards, we have execution team that executes in deal time. And that was where I started with this process. So if you can do a contract management um, contract management engagement in that environment, basically you can do contract management anywhere because that environment is like contract management on steroids, I would call it. Right. Because like I said, you, you're working in deal time, you're working toward closed dates, you're making temporary deals. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be done and there's a lot of pressure, right? Um, so, you know, we've just built our business around being able to manage contracts in that environment. And then we've gotten other projects, you know, along the way. Um, a couple months ago, we did have our strategic planning session because we're growing and we need to get ready for growth. We need to organize the company better. We need to um, be prepared for more projects, more customers coming. So we did do that a couple months ago. We brought on a CFO. Um, you know, we still, I still kind of feel like we're small and we're entrepreneur, you know, we're still kind of startup feeling. Um, but we are starting to put in more um, process um, controls in place and getting our organization set up to be able to scale, basically. So we are expecting to grow significantly in the next three to five years. Wow. Well, that is exciting, Lisa. And I think mm -hmm. that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's an, I love the example of it because it's, it's niching down to a real niche of a very mm -hmm. specific problem. Mm -hmm. To a lot of the world is like, well, whatever. But then the people mm -hmm. who need it really need it a lot. Mm -hmm. And and mm -hmm. that's that's where you're going to be very successful. It's a great lesson of 
how you take an idea and, mm-hmm. you know, and grow it. So right. Lisa, this has been great uh, catching up with you, really digging into some things that I think have huge practical implications for a lot mm-hmm. of businesses. And if somebody listening wanted to know about more about you and your mm-hmm. services, where should they go to find out more? Sure. Um, so our website is probably the best place to go. My contact information is in there. All of our company information is there. It's in edge.com. So in number two edge.com. Um, is where you can find us. Fantastic. Well, Lisa Scott, thank you for stopping by Business Growth on Purpose. We appreciate it. Great. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose.